Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How's it going? How's it going? Man, a few words, Victor Adams over here. Well, I'm smiling big because <laughs> I know that uh, we have an awesome show today. I hope so. I hope so. It's, it's up to the Holy Spirit, but uh, I think we've done some good preparing, and uh, I think it'll be a good follow-up to our show from the previous week. But before right. we get started on all that, I just want to talk uh, to the to the folks listening for a second about becoming a patron. Um, this is something that we have been blessed by in the last few weeks since we picked up this mode of donation to the ministry and there's really three cool things you get out of becoming a patron one you get to help further the mission of just a guy in the pew and pew ministries which is to bring the person of jesus christ to the person in the pew this can be a way for you to help evangelize by um you know you choosing to donate your your hard-earned money to us and allowing us to do the things that we've been doing uh through the show through these interviews we're going to be doing, uh, it's allowed us to get equipment and really um, up the the production level of what we're, we're trying to do in some of the other areas of things. It's also allowed us some equipment they're going to be able to use for the Messy Catholic and things like that that uh, I've mentioned on here before. Uh, two, it helps you get cool merchandise stuff, right? Just stuff that you use in your life, shirts, hats, uh, mugs, um, you know, koozies, metal koozies, all those things that we have out there. But probably one of the coolest things, and, and it's one of the ones that I've gotten a lot of feedback on, is you know a lot of people that have become patrons have really expressed how they've enjoyed the extra exclusive content. Uh, for instance, last week I got uh, an email or a message from a new patron that said that you know that uh, seeking um, validation podcast really helped him mm-hmm. in his spiritual journey, and he said he was able to go into the extra content where I went in and I. He was able to dive a little bit deeper into some of the stuff that we don't always have time to do on here and share about some personal things that we don't always get to that he found very helpful as well. So if you if you choose to donate to the ministry, not only are you helping with evangelization, but you're going to get some cool stuff, and then you'll have some extra um, exclusive content that may help you even further with something that you're struggling with. Uh, and as we get into the interview sections of, of what we're going to be doing moving forward, you'll also have uh, access to some of the interview portions that won't be available to everybody out there. So if, if you've enjoyed the show, if you've uh, felt blessed at all by what we've been doing, consider joining as a patron. We'd love to have your support, and uh, it's going to allow us to keep doing the things that we do here. So Also, shoot us an email. Let us know. Yeah, yeah If anything sure. has happened, you know, changing your life for the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We always want to hear from you and the things that you'd like to have discussed on the show. So we like to think of this as it's as much y'all's show as it is ours. So please uh, feel free to contribute and let us know what's going on in your life and, and uh, what things we could help you with possibly in the future. So, but anyway, moving back to the, the, the actual show here, you know, I mentioned that we, this show is going to be sort of in tandem with the show we did last time, which was choosing comfort over Christ. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about how many men have approached us, you know, whether it's our men's group or, you know, me on the road or wherever it's been, just talking about how comfort is one of the biggest pitfalls for a lot of men out there that we just slide into these, this spiritual laziness and we become indifferent to a lot of things. And, and uh, pretty soon we find ourselves very far away from where we've been, or maybe we've even lost a lot of the ground that we were able to achieve um, when we were on fire, when we were 
really um, focused in, in, in becoming a disciple. So, you know, as this next week went by and I started really looking at uh, the daily readings, you know, a lot of times that's where I get inspirations for the show is, is God just pulls a verse up and it's something maybe I'm struggling with or it just hits me and I go, well, you know, that's it. That's what we're going to talk about this time. So this week is really about the answer to comfort. So, you know, how do we combat the desire to be comfortable? Well, pretty simple. It's train. We have to train. You know, it's all about training. Uh, you know, when you look at people who are very successful in the things they do in their life, athletes, um, you know, anybody that's, that's a CEO or anything like that, they all will point back to how much work they put in, how much time they put in, how much uh, training they had to receive in their in their uh, route or their journey to get to the success that they were and uh, that they've experienced. I mean, so, you know, a lot of times we don't do this. We, we don't, we don't, see ourselves training to be disciples it's just something that we do right christianity can often become a hobby for us if we let it um and the verse that really brought my attention to this was a very famous one that that paul shares in first corinthians 9 through uh, 24 through 27 and he says do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race but only one wins the prize run at so as to win every athlete exercises discipline in every way they do it to win a perishable crown but we an imperishable one. Thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. And what he's talking about here is what it takes to, to, to win the prize of heaven. It, it, it's what we're all called to as disciples of Christ is to constantly be working on our faith and developing our relationship with Christ and moving ourselves forward in the spiritual life. Never you know, being stuck in a rut, never finding ourselves uh, not being in motion, but always pressing forward, driving our bodies, as he says, towards becoming what Christ calls us to. And what I find very funny, you know, looking at this and praying about it, is to begin to look at like all the things we do in our life that we train at. You know, even, you know, as a small child, you train to ride a bike, right? You get a, you get a small like three-wheeler kind of thing that you can ride without falling off and hurting yourself. And then you graduate to uh, maybe a tricycle and then um, and then up to a, a bike with training wheels. And eventually, once you've put in the work and you've continued to, to work on balance and all those things and gotten comfortable, and not in the bad sense, but gotten used to the to riding the bike, then you take those wheels off and you begin to ride. But, you know, you train to ride bikes as kids. You train to excel in sports growing up, right? Like every one of us, if you're a guy out here, has wanted to excel in a sport, you know, to, whether it's to please your dad or it's just something you love or whatever. But we've had to put in that time training to be any any good at it to even make the team in a lot of in a lot of um, situations then you know we train in school from kindergarten to college just to get a job right you you spend all this time training and learning and building knowledge so that you can get out of school and and get a job and support a family or yourself whatever you know god has has led you to in your life but we spend from you know all those what 20 years you know, at a, at a probably average of, of training, you know, our education or our mind to be able to do something with our lives, to be able to support ourselves. Then once you get that job, you train in your job so you can perform at a high level to you achieve your goals, right? Whether that's promotion or just to continue to be better at what you do. And what's funny is like we also train for 5Ks and marathons, all these things that, that you see people out every day running and, and, and doing all of these different uh, races. And we train so willingly at everything else in our life, but it, we find it, if you look around, it, it's hard to find just 
tons of people that are out there training, like putting the same effort into their spiritual life that we put into everything else in our life. And what's crazy about it is this is the most important thing, as we've said. But so often, it's the last thing to get any attention. It's the last thing that we put work into. We don't try to develop. We just we just stop trying to grow. It's, it's just something we show up and we start doing. And that's not what Paul calls us to in this verse. And, you know, the common denominator in all of those things that I mentioned is at some point in our life, they were important to us, right? Whether it was riding that bike or or in school to get a good job or to have a job and get a promotion or you know, to excel in a sport. All those things were important to us. And we have to make our faith important to us in the same way. And not, I mean, right now, not in some near, some distant future off in the on the horizon, but right now. And if we don't start training, if we don't keep training, like that's the thing, every athlete, every, every anybody that has done anything at a high level will tell you like, there's never a moment to stop because there's always somebody in the case of sports, there's always somebody behind you willing to take your position and you got to be willing to do more than they are now in discipleship that's not the same sort of thing there but it does speak to the fact that we have to continue to move forward standing still or moving backward just isn't an option in the the spiritual life i think for a lot of people the the fear of getting on the the field i guess you say to compete is another thing too the fear of of failing or, or why bother to compete or why bother enter myself into something if I'm going to fail or I feel I might may fail and and I had an example when I was a little kid you know we all had those uh those school days where we're competing against classes and so forth I'm sure John sure. you have some, tug of war so you had glory days, glory days yeah. yeah so so for me I was like the fastest in my family my cousins you know I saw I was like in in that the relay dash I was like man I want to kill it you know and then so you know line up on the start line then all of a sudden you hear one two three go but the before go like two people took off and i remember i I lost but i was so mad because i thought they had to redo redo you know like hey that wasn't fair those people got a head start you know but doesn't matter i lost the race but the thing is even though i was upset i lost i I was in it to try to win it you know as they say but the finished it in a sense but the thing is also is that what we were saying that a lot of people put energy into their work or their Mm -hmm. training sometimes that can be good, but sometimes they're they're losing they're they're sacrificing something else from it. But for our faith, is that you're never really sacrificing. You're always gaining. You're always learning. You're always getting something more from God. Right. It's never a place where we we never arrive. Right. That's right. the journey towards heaven. We're always trying to work towards that holiness, that virtue, trying to become saints. And it's never a spot where you could say, "Okay, I'm done. I know everything." Right. I mean, we 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 belong to the Catholic faith. Right. There's always treasure troves of new knowledge and and things that you'll never be able to get through in your lifetime. All the books that have been written and all the knowledge of the saints and all those things, that's one of the beautiful things of our faith. But so many of us, we don't take advantage of it because we don't see, we don't place the same importance and priorities on training to be who God calls us to be as right. we do on everything else in our lives. Um, and you know, and, and training is a, it, it's a big thing to St. Paul. And I mean, I love St. Paul because he just, I could just get caught up in his writings all day long because of just the the uh, the knowledge and just the the passion with with, he, with which he writes, and you know this isn't the only time that he talks about training. I mean, he speaks specifically to Timothy a few times about it uh, in First Timothy four seven through eight. He says, "Avoid profane and silly myths. Train yourself for devotion. For while physical training is of limited value, devotion is valuable in every respect, 
since it holds a promise of life for both the present and for the future. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. I mean, that's another place right there where he's saying train yourself for devotion. Like this is the thing that's going to matter. Physical uh, training is of limited value. Now, nobody's saying don't go out there and exercise and try to be healthy and try to treat your body as, a, as the temple of God the way that you know the Bible tells us to, to treat our bodies in a way that's respectful and, and, and glorifies God. Nobody's saying like, hey, you know, ditch the, the your working out regiment and just you know go full spiritual. You need to have an actual, you know, pretty equal balance of both. Uh, I would believe in your life, but but Paul is calling and saying like, yes, that's important, but this devotion is way more important. Like this is what's going to determine now and later in your life. This is what's going to be for the present and for the future. Present for those around you, you know, the people in your life, your children, your friends, the, the people close to you, your your fellow parishioners you know, training and, and leading others in the spiritual life. and But then also in the future, it's going to really honestly decide whether or not you're going to win the prize of heaven is basically what he's getting at there. And he speaks to Timothy again, and he says, this is in First uh, Timothy 4.16, attend to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in both tasks, for by doing this, so you will save both yourself and those who listen to you. That's another reason that we train. He's saying persevere in this, not only for others, but for yourself. You know, he's continuing to talk about training. Um, you know, it's it's just like a teacher or anybody else that has to go back so many years. Or, you know, my wife, she was an MRI um, technologist, and she has to go back and get certifications every so many years just to keep her license. She doesn't use it as much because she's in research now, but she likes to have it. And in order to keep it, you have to continue to go back and retrain and take these new credentials and so that you keep your license. And that's sort of the same thing that we need to do in our spiritual life is to go back and to continue to, to train all the time in our life. And this was certainly important to Paul. And if it was him, if it was important to him, we know it has to be to us. The problem is, though, that we aren't trying to win heaven necessarily. A lot of us are just trying to stay out of hell. You know what I mean? And that's what he's saying by, um, you know, trying not to get disqualified. The first thing that came to me during this week when I read this verse, and it just really struck out, it st- you know, stuck out to me was it just this this thought that most of us aren't training to win we're just doing enough to try to scoot by right so when the gates open for the guy in front of you you can kind of turn sideways and slide in behind him because you've done just enough to to get in right and and jesus has told us and we've talked about this a million times on the show before that just simply skating by isn't going to be enough you know the lord lord right <laughs> and he says depart from me i never knew you like we can't ride in on the coattails of someone else we have to be able to train. While discipleship and following Christ were a body and it is a team sport, we still have to pull our own weight. We still have to do the work ourselves. You know, nobody could go in the in the locker room and be uh, do you know make Tom Brady a great quarterback. He had to go do it himself. Now he had good coaches and people around him and solid teammates at other positions. But to be the greatest of all time, he had to go and put in the work. And that's what Paul's calling us all to here. So, like. We have to start training to be to be disciples of Christ, and we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about you know you need to be in the Word. We need to be reading Scripture. We need to make that a part of our daily life, um, more than just reading our Magnificat and getting the daily readings, but connecting those stories and those parables in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and really learning that knowledge for ourselves, and not always waiting on someone else to preach it to us, but allowing the Holy Spirit to convict us of it by when we read it and experience it for ourselves. You know, our prayer time, we've got to develop that as well. Um, all the other things that Christ calls us to. But I want to take a look at this reading 
um, from St. Paul, the first one we read about, you know, running for the prize, and because he's got some answers in here for us. You know, if you look at it, there's about four things that I could I could really find that he hit on in this in this um, in this verse Only or in four. this reading. Only four. Four that yeah. I could pick out. There's probably <laughs> people smarter than me that could dissect this thing till Tuesday, but. But uh, I'm, I'm with my minuscule brain. I'm trying as hard as I can. Oh, hush. But uh, no, like when he starts off, he says, "Run is to win," right? Right. Well, right after that, he says, "Every athlete exercises discipline in every way." So let's stop there. The first thing that I see in there is discipline. Like that's what we have to have to start even doing any begin. of this. Begin. You have to start to begin. Right. Yeah. We have to build a spiritual plan for ourselves and stick to it. You know, a lot of times we try to we try to take a blanket program and make it work for us because it worked for so many other people. Or we try to say, well, you know, Victor does this, so maybe I should do that, and it'll work for me. And we don't take the time and invest the time to get with God, to, to ask the Holy Spirit, what is it that, that, that is going to draw me close to you? You know, it may be for me, going and sitting a couple times a week in adoration really kicks me off on my spiritual journey, where for somebody else it might be, I want to read every book in the Bible, or I've got, you know, I'm into apologetics, and I want to know how to defend my faith, or it may be something different for everybody. But we need to figure out what that is for us and then start building a regiment that we can stick to. You know, a lot of times it's like everything else in life. If we don't build a plan, then basically we have dreams and aspirations that are just that. They just remain dreams and aspirations because we never lay the groundwork to be able to carry them out and make them to come to fruition. So we have to have a plan of what's going to work in my life. You know, I, we share a lot of things on here, but it doesn't mean that's what's going to work for everybody that's listening. You just need to look at what do I, and be in, in tune with, what do I enjoy in the spiritual life? Whether that's working in a soup kitchen or or if that's um, spending time with a priest, if that's a Bible study, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's something like Alpha or something, I mean, whatever it is out there that, that, that people enjoy doing that, that they're attracted to. You need to figure out where it is that you feel like your spiritual gifts and, and, um, and your desire is held and, and, and is growing. So we need to figure that out first, the discipline uh, part of it, and stick to it. That's where everybody winds up quitting, just like going to the gym or anything else. If you don't have that down, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So figure out what that is. St. Paul points us towards that discipline, and we need to pay real close attention to the, the fact that he's called our attention to that. Number two, focus. You know, he says um, they do it to win a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. Thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. He's calling us to saying like, look, there are so many things you can do, right? To follow Christ. But don't just run around aimlessly. You know, um, doing everything good just because. We need to focus on the plan that we've made that feeds our spiritual gifting and helps us grow towards discipleship. Like, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. When I, when I really started living out my faith and started speaking and, and doing all these things, People would come to me, and I would say yes to all kind of things, whether it was, hey, come to this luncheon thing, or hey, you know, come to our men's group, or hey, come to this, come to that, be here, be there. And eventually, it ran me ragged. It, it caused issues in my family, and I finally had to sit down and go, like, Lord, what are you wanting me to do? Like, too many good things is a bad thing. You know, we oftentimes, we don't want that mentality. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to turn things down. We think we got to have every opportunity, but it pulls us away from things like our family and other stuff that is equally or more important than some of the things that we're being called to. So we have to focus on where is God wanting me? Where is he putting me? What is he calling me to? Uh, where's his desire in my life? Not my own necessarily. Or someone else's of you. Right. Yeah. 
Right, or someone else is, like we've said, seeking that validation mm-hmm. from a couple of weeks ago. But what is the Spirit calling me to? And how can I stay focused on the plan that he and I have sat down and put together in my life? And now this isn't something that may happen quickly overnight. This may take time of prayer and discernment. But once you've gotten your plan, staying focused on it, not running aimlessly, but finding that purpose and running towards it. Um, and that purpose for all of us, obviously, is the, is the goal of heaven. But finding out exactly what that plan is for you and then staying laser focused on it. Um, the next one I would find in here is drive. You know, he even says that word. He says, no, I drive my body and train it. So we have to drive ourselves. We have to develop that will to win. You know, that never give up mentality, that will to succeed even through suffering and desolation. You know, I know that sounds cliche and you hear it on football movies and all these things like that, but it really is the difference in people that are successful. It's when things get hard and and people who aren't is when we never give up. We always have that drive to say, you know what? The most important thing in my life, the reason I'm here is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to bring other people to heaven, to get myself to heaven and get my family and everyone I care about. And to do that, I've got to develop a will that no matter what the devil or the world or anyone else throws my way, I'm not going to quit. As easy as it comes, with all the things I may lose in my life, I'm never going to take my eye off this goal. Whether I lose a job or any whatever happens in my life, I get a health issue, this is the thing that is going to keep me focused. I'm gonna focus on and I'm gonna drive towards it never taking no for an answer, never giving up, and never allowing anyone or anything to talk me out of the decision I've made to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Well, and that drive is getting closer to Christ's heart. Yeah, yeah his divine mercy, divine heart, yeah. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. That's a, that's a direct mm-hmm. response to the comfort issue we talked about last week is when, when you know, you, you just want to sit down and binge 10 shows in a row on Netflix or whatever, having the discipline and the focus and the drive to say, you know what, I'll do that but I'll do it after I do the other things I know I need to do. I'm not gonna let them be, play second fiddle to the desires of the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm just not. And so that's part of that plan is I know I'm gonna do this tonight, and once I get done with that, then I'm free to do whatever, whether it's been telling my wife or my kids or binge shows or watch sports or whatever, but do the things that need to get done first and have the drive to get them done. Um, the last thing I would say that I've, I really picked out of that, that, that reading is fear. And that may sound funny. You know, you go, wait, wait, you need to be afraid? Well, I'm not talking about just being afraid. I'm talking about having a healthy fear of losing the prize of heaven, a fear of living out eternity separated from God. There's nothing wrong with having that sort of fear in your life. It's a good fear. It's like they say in the Old Testament, to fear to fear God, right? It wasn't, I'm scared he's going to kill me. It, it is more of a, I, I fear disappointing him. I fear turning away from him. I fear losing being with him for eternity. So we need to have that healthy fear because that's what's going to, to keep you driven, which is gonna help you be focused and is gonna help you continue throughout your plan. I think a lot of us, we don't fear not going to heaven. I mean, we don't, we don't work our plan and we don't work in our spiritual life to go to heaven. We fear going to hell. But it needs to be the other way around. We need to fear not being able to attain heaven. And forget about hell. If you're doing everything right, then you don't have to worry about displeasing God, right? You don't have to worry about going to hell. You have your fear placed on the whole thing that if I don't do this right, then I'm not going to be with God, which is completely different than a fear of just going to hell. It's a fear of losing that which you love the most. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, St. Augustine even has a quote that's sort of about that. He says, love God and do whatever you please, which sounds funny, right? You're going like, that doesn't make any sense. But then he says, for the soul trained in love to God will do nothing to offend the one who is beloved. 
if you get to that point he's talking about, it's because you have trained so well to do the things that that he's asked us to do. We seek every day to please God. Yeah, right. And yeah. the the other thing now, this isn't something that I that I pulled from that verse. You know, I, those are the four points that I really saw that Paul was leading us towards. But I will say, like failure, that's something that we're gonna we're gonna all do. Right? Oh, yeah. We're all gonna slip. We're gonna fall. If you've run a marathon, you've lost your footing. You bit it. You've <laughs> bloody knees. Yeah, yeah. Angela's come everything. home so many yeah. times with like with just cut up knees and everything. You're gonna fail sometimes. And you're going to experience setbacks and defeats. But part of the training we've been talking about is learning from them. You know, train so as to not make the same mistakes again. And St. Jose um, Maria Escrivia says, uh, do not lose heart. Today's defeat is training for the final victory. So, you know, in response to this comfort episode, I know we're coming here towards the end of the show. uh, The direct response to that is this training that St. Paul calls us to. And he talks about it over and over again. And you could see him passing that on to Timothy trying to explain to him, like, look, don't let people change you. And it even says in Hebrews 12, 11. Now, I know this uh, this wasn't, you know, I don't know who the author of Hebrews is. I think it's still up for debate in most circles of who actually wrote it. But at the time, all discipline seems a cause, not for joy, but for pain. Yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. There's that word again, trained. So discipline hurts. It's something that we don't all like. But we know that once we put in that hard work, like we did in sports or in our job, and we get the fruits of that labor, how wonderful all that feels. It, at the time, it's hard. It's difficult. We don't always want to get up and ride that bike 10 or 12 miles. We don't want to run those four miles. We don't want to do the things that we have to do to succeed. But we all have felt, when we've been able to do those things, the fruits of that success. And in this case, it's going to be the fruits of the greatest thing that you could ever experience in your life, which is heaven. So once again, I mean, this is something that is hard, but we all have to learn to do it. And we all have to build the four things that we need, the discipline, the focus, the drive, and that healthy fear of losing heaven to be able to do this. So, um, you know, it just seemed like such an adequate in a, in a good response when that verse came up the following week from that episode of Comfort that it was almost like the Holy Spirit was trying to guide like, don't just leave people hanging with this, oh, man, I'm just suffering with comfort all my life, you know, and falling to this, but actually looking at the Holy Spirit bringing this verse of St. Paul forward so we can learn from it and move forward in it. Take the first step. Yeah. Yep. Well, I hear that music, my brothers and sisters. So uh, we're in a race for heaven. Let's remember to run as to win, and let's take that to our Father in prayer right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we know that the race for heaven is a marathon and not a sprint. Just like with any race, to be successful requires training. Help us to commit to running to win, not just running to avoid disqualification. And Father, whenever we suffer defeat so the world begins to tempt us with comfort, remind us that training to be a disciple is the most important thing we will ever do. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.